All right, here we go. Another edition of Hometown Threads on 14 WILI and 95.3 FM and Willimantic Today Facebook. Hello to RJ and the crew. Uh, thanks for having us on. And uh, every Wednesday at 4 is when you can catch it on, face, on Willimantic Today Facebook. And, of course, Jay Matt Rupar behind the scenes here at uh, WILI. The second ever edition, week number two. And it's all about brew. Well, <laughs> pretty much. We got a, well, a brewmaster, a former Cupid in the studio, Willie Brew's own David Walner. It's a, you're my second ever guest, and uh, it's great to have you here. Hey, it's good to be number two. Number two. Number two. <laughs> it's going to go down in the books. <laughs> all right. So um, for those of you who are new and not familiar with this show, I'll give you a quick premise what what it's about, what you can expect every Tuesday from 5.05 to 5.30 on WILI and Wednesdays on Willimantic Today Facebook. Uh, hometown Threads is basically we bring in local business owners, uh, community members that have got a great story to tell. I just think uh, over my time here at WILI throughout the years, I've been able to connect and develop relationships with Dave. I guess I can call Dave a friend, right? Yes, why not? <laughs> and just... The backstories and how some of these businesses started is just, to me, it's extremely fascinating. And I just think our community needs to be aware. I think these stories need to be shared for those of you who haven't heard maybe how Willie Bruce started. And that's what we're going to do today. Uh, time will run, is running short. It's only like a 25-minute program, so we'll get right to it. David Walner, Willimantic Brewing Company. Uh, tell us from the from the very beginning, like, how did it all start? Where did the idea come from? What were you doing before? That was too many questions all at once. Sorry. Well, uh, it's good to be here, Keith. Thank you very much. Uh, glad to be number two, as I said. Um, so back when I was going to UConn, I, uh, I went, was at the main campus, and I was a photography major slash, uh, I wanted to go into pre-med, so biomedical, anthropology. I kind of basically created my own major. But I started homebrewing back then in 1980, and I got my supplies from Champlain's General Store um, up in Eagleville. And uh, they had an annual homebrew competition. So a buddy of mine were making some beer, and uh, we brought it to the, brought it to their house. It was in the fall, and I'm um, watching them, you know, pop open the beer. And I know it's mine because I never took the labels off the bottles. They were Molson bottles. And I see them pour it in the glass, and it's got a nice head. And I'm like, yeah, this is good. And they bring it up to their mouths, and they're sniffing, and they're tasting, and they're taking their little notes. And pretty much it was not good. It was kind of cidery. But I had kind of followed the directions that were on the can, because that's kind of what was back there. You had canned extracts. So they told me, you know, what I could do to improve. And then the next three years, I won their homebrew competitions. And I had the bug to be like, you know, I don't know what I want to do. I love, st I love learning things. I, I had like three minors and, you know, two majors. I just had such a good time in college, but I really didn't have direction. Uh, at the same time, I started working for AV Associates, a place up in stores, Norval and Gene Smith. And I was working there part-time while I was in college. And then when I graduated, uh, they needed me to come on full-time. But I just kept homebrewing and homebrewing. And then I started to attend brewing conferences. In 1987, they had one up in Boston. And there was about 65 attendees. Uh, the owner of Anchor Steam was there, Fritz Maytag. The owner of um, Boston Beer Company, Sam Adams, Jim Cook, was there. Really? Oh. And uh, I gave him a resume and said, hey, if you're ever looking for somebody to you get in the beer business, I'm in Connecticut, I can rep for you, whatever. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. Um, but I just continued to homebrew. And then um, I ended up um, meeting my ex-wife uh, in 1988, and she wanted to run like a deli or a restaurant, and I wanted to make beer. So in 1991, we opened up in the Capitol Theater where a place called Combos used to be, and it was the, um, the we were a coffee shop, ice cream shop, deli. I remember. 
And we served um, like 22 different flavors of ice cream, and we had fresh ingredients that we could get, and lots of different sandwiches and salads, and I, I again, continued to homebrew. And what I would do is every once in a while I'd bring in some homebrews and then do a little tasting with some some regulars. I'm getting really thirsty right now, by the way. And, you know, they would tell me, oh, they like it or they don't like it. So eventually, um, after a couple of years, um, Bob Burroughs that ran the Victorian Lady, uh, we were regular customers, and he's like, um, you interested in moving? I'm like, well, I don't know. We'll see. And then he shut down. It was Labor Day weekend. You in... didn't expect that coming? No. Wow. Uh, Labor Day weekend in 1994, I think it was, and or maybe 93. And uh, we struck a deal with him to take over the space, and we became a full-service restaurant craft beer bar. So we had 20 taps back then, back in 94. Uh, not a lot of places had that, you know, other than maybe Richter's in New Haven. And uh, I continued to homebrew and started to look at how I could outfit that building with a small brewery. Uh, it didn't seem to work out that that was going to be the space. In the meantime, I'd looked in Norwich, New London. I looked at the mills here. Wow. I almost had a contract with the mills. They handed me this paperwork. It was 47 pages with all these. Yeah, you could be in the stable, but at these times we're going to shut down the property because we're working on the rest. We're going to turn off your water, turn off your power. Like, I'm not signing a deal like no. that. When we open, we have to open. Um, we had looked at the post office. But the town uh, had a lot of paperwork involved with that, and they were like, there's no way they'd let you put a brewery right there and so close to this and that. So I kind of didn't pay attention. And then uh, Mary Lou and Jim DeVivo ended up buying the post office uh, on February 14th, 1996. Wow. And they were regulars of ours at the Vic Chick, as it was familiar. That's called. what they called the Victorian Lady, the Vic Chick? The Vic Chick. I don't remember that part, but I remember the Victorian Lady, yeah. So uh, they were regulars of, uh, of ours, and uh, I pitched to them. I said, this is what we want to do. I took them to a brew pub elsewhere, and they kind of saw the feel, and they're like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll do a deal. So we signed a, a contract to renovate the building. Wow. And then a month later, Jim passed away. And uh, Mary Lou was, you know, she was burdened with having to now – deal with that plus her business and now this building that was just starting renovation so um we pushed through it there were some times that we had to kick in extra money because she's like i'm done i can't do anymore i think jim had some favors that he was going to call in to get some of the work done and then those folks just kind of disappeared oh. so mary was like I, I can't spend the money so we took out enormous amounts of loans and leases, but we got it open. It took 11 months, three weeks from the day they bought it. We opened February 8th, 1997, had the brewery in, and we started making beer. And um, the rest is uh, somebody's story. Okay, so we're here with David Wallner, Willimantic Brewing Company. Obviously, we, we all know Dave. And, um, and, and yeah, Willie Brew has pretty much turned into, I'm sure you hear this all the time, like the cheers of Willimantic, you know? Um, we actually had a... a I was going to bring up Lincoln Phillips, who just passed away this past June, was pretty much like, uh, he, he was referred to as uh, Norm, I guess, Norm on the yeah, bars. Yep. <laughs> Definitely, that's for sure. So, yeah, we've we've all had great experiences there. we all there. do miss Lincoln very yeah, much. Yeah, and I, I do, that Saturday morning show is a tribute to him every Saturday, the Saturday Salad Gold Show. But, um, uh, so February, I always wonder, it was February 8th, 8th. 1997 is when Willie Brew, now, uh, I'm sure there had to be some... Uh, it didn't uh, didn't take off like flying colors, right? I'm sure yeah, it was it was it was kind of tough to get off the ground at some point. There well, were some ups and downs. I, th I think part of it was that you know people already had expectations from when we ran the Victorian Lady. We were already a full service restaurant at that point, uh, serving craft beer. But then we opened up in this new location, and we even did you know what they call it one of those quiet or soft openings. Tons of people showed up. 
and we didn't have enough computer systems in place, and we didn't have enough bartenders working. So if you came in in the first few days when technically we weren't really open, it was not a positive experience. <laughs> but, you know, the one thing that I love about our community here is they're so supportive, and they understand that this is something that they want to have. So they would say, you know, if you did this or you did that, this could be a little bit easier or a little bit more efficient or you're, it's going to taste better or whatever. Right. And we were young at this, so, you know, tell me. You know, I'm, I'm not offended if you say, hey, you know, your onion soup is too salty. Let me know because maybe one person thinks it's great, but if most people think it's too salty, we're going to change the recipe. That's right because not only running, you know, a successful brewery, they also got a great menu. you got to make sure you're finding the right cooks. Uh, customer service is a big deal, so there's a lot more that goes into just running a brewery. But you know what's so fascinating, Dave, is that you said you're brewing since like 1980, so you're pretty much following your passion. I mean, uh, if I were to right now, I'm going to test the, the brewmaster here. Uh-oh. You know where I'm going. What is off the top? Well, off the top of your head, I'm sure you can. Your favorite? What's your favorite brew right now? Do you is it change by change every week or what? So it's. I'll answer both questions. <laughs> My favorite brew and still is a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Oh. That is the beer that, uh, one of the beers that got me into wanting to brew beer. Also, Fuller's ESB, Samuel Smith's, uh, Taddy Porter. Um, And I hate to say it, but it was a lot of imports when I was younger because they were making better beer than the the Bud Miller Coors. Not that they don't make great beer. They make phenomenal beer. But it wasn't the styles that I really wanted to drink. Um, Today, though, the sad part is that people have decided that if they try a beer once, that's enough. They, there's a, a couple of, ta- of apps called Untapped or Beer Advocate where a lot of people, they can rate their beer, and they're more interested in getting another beer rated than actually paying attention to whether they like it or if they'll drink it again. Interesting. The funny thing is, though, so when we opened up, um, I had been to brew pubs, you know, did a lot of market research. Luckily, I have a good liver. Um, I was going to say, how's the liver? <laughs> but most brew pubs at the time, or even microbreweries, um, they had a flagship beer, and then they had their standard four or five styles that they always had, you know, an amber, a red, a blonde, a pale, and maybe something dark. And that's what they always had. Or occasionally they'd have a seasonal, Oktoberfest, Maybach, you know, winter beer. I turned that on its ear, and I said, you know, I'm a brewer. I want to experiment. I'm going to have one flagship beer, certified gold, which we've had from the beginning. That is like one of my favorites right there, Thank certified you. gold. And now it's gluten-reduced, and you probably didn't even notice. And Marianne and I are big-time gluten people now, so, so yeah. <laughs> it's, I use an enzyme that actually makes it so uh, most people would not be affected by it. Um, but I've always said, you know, I want to make this IPA, so I'm going to learn what these hops taste like by making a beer predominantly with those hops. Or I want to see what these colored malts will do, so I'm going to make a red ale and see if I added a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Wow. So I've learned by, I mean, we have hundreds and hundreds of recipes and we still make new ones but there's always the you know the rural root red or address unknown right now we have fire engine red on it's a popular beer you know that well it's just i wanted to learn more and how do you learn except by experimentation the creativity level is off the charts i mean going back to like 1980 it's that's could you feel that's what you want to do? I mean, you loved it was, it was a hobby for you. It was a hobby. But did you ever imagine your wildest dreams you'd be running this kind of uh, a brewery uh, this large and this successful in this kind of town? Well, the town is, I think that's one of the reasons we made it. You know, if, if maybe we were in Hartford or Boston or somewhere else, uh, we might not have made it. You know, like as I said, uh, we're a very diverse community. 
So we get folks that have, you know, many people that have traveled all over the world. And I have some uh, professors up at uh, Eastern that have said, you know, they haven't had beer that tasted this fresh since they've been to Germany or Belgium. And that's a, that's a great compliment. But that's another part of it, too. We make beer. It's produced, you know, in the building. It, it travels through stainless steel pipes from one tank to another and then a tap to your glass. That is so amazing. it does not travel far. It's not sitting on a shelf somewhere where you're not sure how it's been treated. Um, and I know there's. we'll put a keg of beer on sometimes. And it's like, hmm, that's tasting a little flat. Or it's like, oh, that must be the end of the keg. I, I can tell. Lots of people can tell. And I, at least I have 100% control over it. Where if I sent it out on the market and you don't know how it is, and then somebody might be down, like if I sent my beer down to Bridgeport and they pour it and somebody's like, oh, I tried their beer. Okay, it was great. I don't need to go there. Well, I'm not this big warehouse production brewery where it doesn't matter if you come visit me. We are in a gorgeous historic building. It's beautiful downtown. Wow. You, my beer and my food are going to taste best sitting in my restaurant. Because it's just a, it's it's all part of the experience. So if I can my beer and sent it somewhere else, somebody tries to say like, oh, that was a good red ale. It's not going to be memorable. No. You know what else is great about Dave and his uh, wonderful establishment, Willimantic Brewing Company, Willie Brew, or some people call some people still call it Main Street. Main too. Street, the pub. Yeah, yeah, it's like so many different names, and uh, yeah, people just. Uh, Willie Brew's the main name, but... Uh, well, we've kind of pushed towards that, because it's just easier than Willimantic right. Brewing Company Main Street Cafe. Plus, that's <laughs> where a lot of the social media handles are all Willie Brew, right? We've switched, been switching to that, our t-shirts, our pints, yeah, yeah that kind of thing. Um, let's see, there's... Uh, along, Dave, along with doing the brewing, and, and uh, he's, he, I always see him helping out. He's going from table to table, he chats with his customers, and uh, it's just, it's such a uh, it's such a comfortable environment. you got the dining room. I actually, I just DJed there for the first time. I always wondered when you That was fun. Yeah, we did the Halloween party. I always wondered if Dave was going to ever ask me to DJ, you know, in the Halloween well, event. I thought you just started DJing. <laughs> so it's well, like this show. Well, you I only did it twice. Well, here's Just the thing. I've been doing radio for over 30 years, but I have done the mobile DJ stuff on the side. Mm -hmm. And then Marianne Year goes, why don't you make us a business on the side? I'm like, all right. I kind of want to do it for fun. But no, it's really... So Dave asked me to do the Halloween bash, and, and I know he's always had a lot of great entertainment there, DJs or bands, and uh, the time came. We had a great time and, and uh, had people dancing all night, and hopefully I get to uh, come host something else again soon at the end. Well, you know, I mean, maybe we should do a trivia night or something. We, we talked can get, about We that. can get some feedback on Willimantic Today to ah. see if uh, a night of the week would be good for so that. So Willimantic Today, or anybody who's watching this, whatever, if, if you would like trivia night at uh, Willimantic Brewing Company, maybe yours truly hosting get in touch with one of us here well actually this is the guy you probably would make the final call so um again there's just i mean willimantic brewing company well here, here's another thing the menus i knew i want to get something else the food the menus where did the idea and i know you guys have evolved over the years the zip codes and the towns and how you've uh, come up with the dishes and well initially because again we're in a post office yeah. um we decided that every dish should have a certain zip code. So like store shrimp and, you know, 6268 <laughs> and, um, and, you know, it's just, it was just fun to do that. Of course, it's just same thing with the beers. I always tried to have beer names that revolved around what a post office would be. We didn't do a return to sender though. Cause I didn't think that would be a positive name. Yeah. <laughs> but, I like uh, that, though. so honestly, I'm very lucky. Uh, chef Will Deason has been with me 20 oh, years. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not common. Uh, Rhonda Twist, you know, bartender, Barry Share. I mean, we have so many people, and I'm not, of course, I'm not mentioning everybody. Uh, Andy uh, and Tara, my GM and um, my permittee. It's just so many people that have been with me for so long. Um, they're wonderful. 
you know, they are they are Willie Brew. It says a lot about you, what you, how you are as a person too. If you really keep those people on your staff for such a long time. Well, I do pay them, so I think well, that's, that's one good. of the, the, the they're reasons. not interns still. No, no, you, you can only do that for so long. And now I have an assistant brewer, James. Uh, we call him TJ Tall James. An assistant brewer, like an, an AB, huh? Well, somebody, you know, you got to pass on the baton sometime or the. The Wait a minute now. We're not starting. You're not stepping down anytime soon, right? I am accepting all offers. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait a minute. Talk about be breaking news on this show. <laughs> no way. No, he's not going anywhere. No, of course not. You're, you're a former what? 2016 Cubidian, right? I don't, are you ever former? Well, no, no. You're always a Cuban. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, that's right. You'll always be a Cuban. All right. Um, if there's one person, I know there's probably you've already probably named a whole bunch, but if there's one person in this uh, in this whole journey that you owe a lot to or you'd like to shout out to. I know there's a bunch of people you've already shout out to a bunch, but if there's that one main person that uh, has really played a hu- huge role in this whole journey, who would that be off the top of your head? You would throw me a question like that. Oh, come on, you can't just, I can't give you layups the whole time. Oh, Keith. I, I'm sorry to say it's not you. <laughs> uh, I, I, I honestly can't name anybody. If, if I was going to name anybody, it would be my late brother, Alan. Um, when I was going to UConn, and um, before I knew about Champlain's General Store, I looked in the back of a magazine, and there was a place called Beer House International, and they sold homebrew kits. Um, so I asked my dad if I could borrow his credit card, and he's like, no, you can't make good beer. It's never going to work out. That's foolish. It's just a waste of money. But my brother let me use his credit card. And again, this goes back to 1980. Wow. And um, I ordered a kit. And came in the mail, and I started homebrewing. And that the beers that I first brought for that homebrew competition were made from that kit. Um, but the sad part is, in July of 1996, he had gotten esophageal cancer, and he came up after the boombox parade. He missed the boombox. It was pouring rain. 1996 comes up, and I'm walking him through the pub, and I'm walking him through the dining room, showing him where the brewery is going to be. And um, he was going in for surgery like another 10 days after that. And um, he, he didn't make it through the end of the year. And I just wish that he had seen it because he, he believed in me. He's the one that got me into brewing. Uh, uh, he, he got li- you into brewing. He lived in New York City after he got out of the Coast Guard, and he went to NYU, and I would take the train in. I was, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. And... Um, when I was like 17 or so, we'd go into New York, and he'd take me to some of the pubs, and some people would let me have a beer, and other ones wouldn't. Peculiar pub in the village. They wow. had a uh, slate for tables, and we would do chalkboard like Hangman and wow. Tic-Tac-Toe. Yeah. I mean, these are phenomenal memories. But that's where I got to taste really good beer, 18, 19. Um, so he planted the seed, pretty much. He yeah. did. He got me into beer. Yeah. Wow. That's not a bad thing to get into. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the certified goal is my personal favorite. So we have the commemorative IPA on tap right now, and that beer I brew every year. Initially, it was uh, in his honor. Oh, yeah. Then when my mother passed, so now it's it's basically for all the loved ones. Lincoln's a perfect example. All the people that we've lost, that beer is just you give a little toast, and that's it's, great. That it's you do got that. a bitter upfront taste because it's we're bitter that they're gone, but then it wow. smooths out, and um, I know I'm getting a little teary eyed, but. Yeah. Um, it's it's really about that. I mean, I've gotten so much back from people in this community and even the beer community. Uh, I'm on the board of the Connecticut Brewers Guild. I was vice president for quite a few years. Finally, now there's a lot of breweries in the state. There's over 120. Uh, we have this new resurgence to try to get more input from all the breweries. It's it's tough. COVID was not good. You yeah. know, a bunch of us drained our bank accounts. There's quite a few breweries that have closed, and. Um, 
you know, we're, we're a social place. And I'm concerned with the rise in gas prices and fuel prices that people are going to be like, I, I just filled, filled up my tank for $1,000. I'm going to stay home. I can't go out. And, you know, honestly, when you go out, you socialize and yeah. you see people and then you get an exchange of ideas. If you sit at home and just see what's going on the TV, you're not really seeing what's going on in the world. We're talking with Dave Wallner. Uh, we've got five minutes left. Thank you, Matt. Um, there's just there's so much more I could ask you. And uh, thank you for sharing those personal stories with us. Um, uh, just a tremendous story. And uh, what a, a great, great job on your part there. If I, I don't want to get into the whole, whole COVID thing. Um, so maybe we'll just move right past that because let's face it, we yeah, all we all, all we all suffered with COVID in some shape yeah, or form. But exactly. I wanted to ask you. I guess maybe we'll close with two quick things. First of all, the connections you've made with other breweries. Are there a couple? I don't know a couple influential people in that regard who you connect with. Hey, what do you think of? Uh, you know, get opinions. I'm sure all the brewers are bouncing each ideas off each other. And then the other uh, question is where I want to get the uh, the ideas. Where do they come from with the float for the boombox parade? It's Willie Brew legendary floats for that boombox so. Well, let me address the floats. So, again, I have terrific people that work with me. Uh, and Rhonda Twist, uh, she typically heads up the float committee, but then Tara Sherwood and Leslie, and, and now pretty much everybody and anybody lends a hand. John Lucky. Um, it's, it's a labor of love. I don't know what the theme is until it pulls up, except the one year I was on, or potentially two years. Um, and I get tears in my eyes every time because they, it's amazing what they do every year, a different theme every year. And they, they knock it out of the park. When they did the Americana theme with the American Gothic in the back and the Eagle, and it's like, you should send that to the Smithsonian. I mean, it was just in all the little details. If you, and nobody really has the time because it floats up the street. But when they park it in the lot after, and even then they've already had to take things off to get it into the lot. If you walk around and you see tiny little details like... When we, Margie, that used to be our bar manager, uh, when she passed away, there was a tribute because she loved Wizard of Oz. So there's little pictures, and it's just, again, it's, it, you get verklempt thinking about you. it. It's the well, best. It's amazing. It uh, blows me away. And again, I'll say, you know, um, the years I've known you, you could just tell what kind of person Dave Wallner is, and um, that's why you've had such a, just such a, a tremendous staff and people that care about you because you care about them. And I can't do it on my own, and I don't want to. You know, that's the thing. I'm lucky that I've been blessed with, you know, so many great people to work with. Well, I'm hoping to join your staff as the new trivia night host. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, you might get a shift beer. A shift beer, yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe we could tie in a, a trivia type beer, right? If, if it, I mean, if it actually takes off. You could, uh... But anyway, it's just so many great stories. We can go on and on. I could spend at least a couple hours uh, with Dave Wallner from Willie Brew. And um, it's just... It's, I mean, it's just a great place to eat, to dine, and enjoy brew. And I actually, I, I think I do, uh, I do your commercial once in a while, a, a growler too, right? Like when I say, have you ever heard it? Yeah, Don't I have. lie, have you heard it? No, I've heard it. Right, yeah. I, I always wonder if Dave hears that if he likes when I go a, a bite and a brew and a growler too. Fight <laughs> rolls his eyes. And now we, now we do cans to go. Yes, that's right. We, oh yeah, yeah. Um, we got Black Friday coming. Really, any, any specials? We got, well, want? we got a beer dinner coming up Good. on uh, Tuesday, December thirteenth. We haven't done uh, one really since COVID, so it's five courses, uh, $65 per person plus tax and tips, limited seating, uh, but Chef Will's put together a great menu. I've got some interesting beers that we're going to be putting out for it. Um, yes, of course, you know, um, we're open other than on Thanksgiving. We're still not open on Mondays, I'm sorry to say, but otherwise Tuesday through Sunday. Um, come in. We always got daily specials going on, new beers. Uh, great cocktails, you know, and we also, you know, we serve non-alcoholic things too. 
Great. I want to make sure we get uh, some of the stuff they're pushing in there, too. It's very important. So uh, our guest on the second-ever edition of Hometown Threads has been the one and only Dave Walner. Dave, David, doesn't matter, right? I go by David because the id is more powerful in me. So I'm not just a Dave. I'm more of an id. Well, (laughs) I think I was named after him. (laughs) David Walner from Willimantic Brewing Company. A bite, a brew, and a... Growler or a can, too. I was waiting to go growler, too. Thank you so much, Dave. Thanks, Keith. This was a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you so much. Hometown Threads, 14 WILI, 95.3 FM, Willimantic Today, Facebook. And we'll see you next week. Cheers.